Quantum Conversations, your portal to the inner realms. Access infinite possibilities, infinite mastery, and infinite love. Mind-expanding, heart-opening conversations with some of the greatest spiritual teachers, luminaries, and healers of today's world. Usher in new earth by living in your sacred heart. Quantum Conversations is brought to you by AcousticHealth.com, home of music from the universe, online healing retreats, and this program. Claim your free registration to daily shows at AcousticHealth.com. AcousticHealth.com, your portal to the inner realms. Our program starts shortly. Welcome to another Quantum Conversation, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and I invite you to sit back as we enter the Quantum Realm, that space of the greater part of you. It is your connection to infinite possibilities, infinite potential, and infinite mastery. We are talking about mastery on the spiritual path. And my guest today shares her remarkable story. She went through deep pain and suffering as a child and teenager, yet she was always connected to spirit. We're going to learn about that story as well as her off-planet ET connection. Let's welcome Taylor Alexandra to Quantum Conversations. Thank you for being here. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for everyone who's tuning in and listening. This is my ultimate blessing to be able to share my story in a way that it can inspire and 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 transform someone else's life. I definitely believe in the art of storytelling and um and sharing our story, sharing our path so that we can come together with that human connection and knowing that through someone else's struggles and through them turning their struggles into their strengths that we're not alone in this world and all the all the madness that's going on that there is true purpose within all the pain and suffering and that there really is blessings in disguise with with all the challenges that we've been having in the world and what a beautiful opportunity to come on here and and bring the the hope and the inspiration and such challenging and dark times because we know through not only through my story, but just through being an observer of the world, that there is a lot of transformation going on right now. There's a big alchemical process of turning darkness into light. And when we get too caught up in the, uh, in the darkness or in the pain and the suffering and the emotional entanglement of our experience of life, we can forget who we really are. So thank you so much for creating shows and talks and, and, and bringing people on and you yourself for holding that space of light and holding that anchor of truth in, in this moment so that we can remember who we are. Already we are feeling so inspired by what you speak of. And as we get deeper into your story, it is again so inspirational that you see this story of somewhat of a dark topic as a blessing in disguise because here you are today assisting others. Now, let's talk about your story because 
you have said that you seed light in the darkest of places. And my goodness, certainly through your childhood experience, you've done that. So you were always grounded in nature and that helped you as a child going through this dark time. Can you share your childhood story with us? Absolutely. I would love to. So in order to paint you guys a picture, um, my childhood to the outside world would uh, appear to be the all-American family. Um, my stepfather was in politics and had a multi-million dollar business. And my mom was all in the PTA meetings and head of the PTA. And we were doing talent shows. To, so th- to the outside world, we appeared to be this perfect cookie cutter family. Um, but behind closed doors, there was a lot of abuse going on. Unfortunately, my mother um, still is a, a suffering drug addict, and um, she's really a, a, a very amazingly gifted psychic and intuitive woman, but just is overwhelmed with with um, the abilities of feeling so much. Like a lot of us here on planet Earth, it, we how to navigate those energies can be tough and so she followed her, her, her example before her, for her parents, and she, she chose drugs as her escape or outlet to numb the pain instead of trying to figure out how to incorporate her gifts. So through that as a child, um, growing up with a mother who, who was a drug addict, I never knew what mother I would get. If I would get the loving mother who would, um, sing me songs and tell me bed stories at night and, and rub my back, or if I was going to get the mother who was screaming, yelling, cussing, throw me up against walls and slapping me in my face. I never knew which side I would get. So the only way that I, I, I sought refuge or peace or a sanctuary was in nature. Um, the universe did sit me, set me up properly um, for to experience that level of abuse because I did grow up on a very pristine, beautiful place in nature. I had a barn with horses, which literally were my saving grace, um, a pond and just a, a serene nature place. So I could literally escape from all the pain and the suffering and reconnect to what was real, which is um, nature, which is the connection to that peace within, which can be reflected in nature. Nature gives us the perfect example of of um, of darkness into light, of integrating unity consciousness and physical form, um, and and just being in nature and, and observing, just sitting and being. Um, I literally felt like I was caressed by the ultimate mother, held by the ultimate mother, because I wasn't receiving that from my mom. So just being out in nature and and just sitting and being and and tuning into, um, listening carefully and closely to the sounds of nature. And disconnecting from the yelling and, and the voices I would hear in my head of what just happened in the house and tuning into the serene sounds of nature just grounded me into a space of peace that I carried with me throughout the trauma and throughout the painful experiences that happened in the house. I would just tune back into that emotional feeling and connection that I share with nature. And I remember after a very uh, painful experience with my mother of being um, eight years old and wanting to have my hair in the pigtails like all the other girls in school. And um, she was brushing my hair, and she was uh, tweaking so bad on drugs that her hands were shaking, and she was getting frustrated with herself, and to the point to where she couldn't even put my hair in the pigtails. And she blamed it on me, and I asked her, you know, Mom, like, what's going on, or is everything okay? And she pulled my hair when, when I asked her this question, and I said, Al. And she turned around, and she literally slapped me in my face so hard that a bruise instantly came up on my cheek. And I remember looking at myself in the mirror at eight years old 
and knowing that I had to make an excuse when I go to school the next day of, of this big bruise on my face. I could say, oh, I fell playing basketball with my dad or I fell with my horses. And instantly when I felt the pain come up on my face, I just tuned back into that moment in nature where I felt the peace. And I just instantly felt just this feeling come over me of it's okay. It will all be okay one day. It will all make sense to you. And even at eight years old, I understood this. And this is, this is one thing that I really want to advise any parents that's out there. It's like, Never discredit your child because children at, at such a young age, they're still very close to source. They're still coming from that pure place of source. And, um, I was still very much connected and, and, and knowing that, you know, this is, this is for a reason. So nature gave me that connection. And whenever I would go through those, you know, traumatic times, I would be able to remember that there is something much better than this, that there, this isn't all there is. I think that was the biggest gift that nature gave me. Yes, and the importance of going and grounding in nature. Okay, so thank you for sharing that. And again, you have been able to heal this wound with your mother on some level at this point in your life. I know there's a lot more to your story that we'll get to, but um, your mother, you said, was still uh, struggling with her choices. But how is your relationship with your mother? This is a really beautiful question. And I'm so grateful that you, that you asked me because I feel like a lot of us have parents who have either chosen drugs or their own way of coping and dealing with things. And, um, and I always, one thing that I've learned in life is to not take things personally. Now this can be really difficult <laughs> when it's your parent or it's your closest sibling or a very intimate relationship that you share. But I think knowing that I had the ability to see her without using drugs. So to know that that's who she really is, a very loving, very connected, very supportive. My mom had one of the biggest hearts in the whole wide world. She would do anything for anybody. But as I got older, I started noticing that, you know, her emotional, you know, connection was, was too much for her to feel. And I started noticing that it wasn't her that would that would get angry and that would get upset. It was what the drugs turned her into. So being able to uh, recognize that, not making an excuse for her, but seeing how how that the drugs were were the result of of the violent you know actions. But as I got older, you realize that they have a choice, and this is the thing: I had to choose in that moment because my mom continued to abuse drugs, and I confronted her. Um, whenever I felt was a good, uh, safe place where she was in a good emotional state at that point in my life. And I confronted her and I, I felt like I needed to set some very crystal clear boundaries. I said, you know, I'm, uh, you know, through my experience with my coma that I'm, I'm a completely different person. I have a, a deep connection with spirit and I just really feel like the energy that we share in our relationship isn't supportive to me. It's very draining. You have a lot of, um, you know, codependent addictive qualities to yourself that I really feel, you know, you need to address and look at. You're one of the most beautiful, loving, giving uh, people, that person that I know, but you're not choosing to be that version of yourself. And I cannot choose to be in a relationship with the, with the choice that you're choosing, which is to abuse drugs and to use that as your escape route. Now, I will be here to unconditionally support you if you choose to go to rehab or seek help. But I myself cannot be your rehab, which is what you're trying to do. That's not in my contract with you. I'm your daughter. I'm here to love you and support you unconditionally. 
but I cannot be the one to be your counselor, your mentor, your rehab coach, all that. That's not my role. And um, I said, either you go to rehab and you clean yourself up so we can actually have a real relationship with the real you, or we won't be able to have a relationship at all. And that was about um, three or four years ago. And since then, she has chosen not to go to rehab. And when she's on drugs, she's a very abusive person. So I, I had to make the hard choice, knowing that her health is deteriorating um, and not allowing myself to get emotionally guilt tripped into her story of, you know, I may pass on soon. Don't you want a connection with me? It's her choice, essentially, to choose. And she keeps choosing drugs over having a relationship with me. And I've chosen now to value myself enough to know that that's her choice. And I had to set both of ourselves free and say, you know, I love you enough to say I will not have a relationship with you while you're abusing drugs. And she is now open a little bit to the possibility of exploring rehab or exploring options of, of healing herself. But I think if, if I would have continued a relationship, that wouldn't have happened because she would have just thought that she could continue down, down that road and everything would be okay. And sometimes when we make the hard choice and we literally let people go or cut unhealthy, toxic relationships out of our life, not only are we doing the ultimate blessing for ourselves, but we're actually blessing the other person because we give them permission to um, uh, take consequence for their action, receive, receive that. And, and I think that's a, a very important part of growth and learning is to hold people accountable for their actions. I love how you said that you value yourself enough. This is really when you took your power back and, and caring about yourself. And yes, some of these choices are hard to make when we have to cut ties with family members because there are some people who believe that we must absolutely always deal with the family. But at this point in time, that's beautiful that you can do that and stand in your truth with it. So let's talk a little bit more about you as a child, because it was not so easy in your childhood in this household. And as you said, when you were eight years old, that was uh, a trying time as well when you had to look at yourself and realize the choices that you make. When you were a child, you were also very intuitive. Things would happen to you at night. You would see things or see things around people. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And this was the growing up in the Southern Bible Belt. <laughs> we'll just say that. Mm-hmm. Um, these things weren't very um, welcoming or accepted or even even heard of, really. I mean, you, it's a hush-hush, right? Be quiet. Don't share things like that. So, um a lot of my experiences, uh, even though I didn't even really have had the impulse to really even share them, they were just so intimate and beautiful. I had actually really uh, serene and, and peaceful moments with spirit. It was like I was at the contrast, right? Being able like to have to go through so much uh, emotional discomfort and pain and to have to deal with so much. It was like my guys were giving me a break at night. <laughs> they would come and visit me and um, and I would literally be laying in bed. And I would feel this like warm, tingling sensation come over me. And this wasn't a, like a program sensation, which we'll probably get into later on in the show for other beings that don't have your highest interests at heart. Um, this was a, a, a true feeling, a true feeling of ultimate peace, not one that's been programmed in my mind to feel. And um, my whole body just lit up with tingles. And it just literally felt like a warming light pulsating and growing within all of my being. 
And I would look up and there would just be this swirling blue light, almost like a vortex of energy, but very peaceful, very calm. Not not a very intense uh, ball of light, but just a very grounding, serene, uplifting. It just felt just like all the... The, the vibration that I was at, there was no pain or suffering. That, those types of lower level, not necessarily lower, lower level as in those are negative, but denser in vibration. Um, it was just very uplifting and light. And uh, I would see this beautiful glowing ball of like this silvery blue light. And out of it would be who we call Jesus. Um, and I would refer to him as Jeshua. And there would be other angels around him. And also I had other guides too um, that were extraterrestrial in origin. It all depended on what I needed in that moment. So for an example, if my body went through a lot of traumatic time, uh, during that day, uh, a, lot of, a lot of traumatic times during that day, my my extraterrestrial guides would come because they were the ones who, and my other guides too, more the angelic realm would be there to hold the energy of peace and, and serenity. And then um, and then my extraterrestrial angels I would, would literally walk me out of bo- my body. So they would come by my bed at night. They would ha- hold their hand out, and I would literally see my light body rise out of my a physical body and I would hold their hand and I would walk through my wall or walk through that ball of blue light. And then I would see my body um, back on the bed and they were literally running light codes. I would see light symbols, um, different um, re- restringing my DNA. So completely uh, healing all of my cellular memory because our body, that's one of the things that I, that I teach in all of my courses and particularly my workshop that's coming up, the magic of miracles where our body really is <laughs> and has divine intelligence. And, and it literally is the, the, the truth keeper of our soul. And so they were reprogramming all that and healing that. And um, so that whenever I returned to my body, I wouldn't have to feel all the pain that I had soaked up because I was like a sponge and um, so they would help heal that. And that was a really beautiful experience to know that regardless of all that I was experiencing in the physical dimension, I had other um, higher forces that were helping me, that were going to help heal me. So even though, and, and I want to say to some people, you may not have the same experience that I do where you remember beings coming and taking you out of your body and walking you through walls. They're still there. If you go to bed and you wake up, you know, feeling just this peaceful energy, that's trust in that. Know that your guides are there working with you. And a lot of the times we're taught that seeing is believing, but that's not true. Believing is knowing. Believing is knowing that there is some something bigger and 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 that it has the capability to heal you on a, on a higher level than than what than what your physical mind and and your eyes can see. So know that you do have higher um, guardians that are there to look after you. And regardless of how much pain is suffering, they're, they're really there. And that was another thing, like to know that. Um, and some people would ask me, why didn't they divinely intervene? It's because we've come here with free will. And we've come here with choices. And I chose this life. I chose to go through what I went through. And this is the hardest thing for people. A lot of people don't want to accept that responsibility that they have chosen their pain and suffering. But if we see it, like I said, as that gift and that blessing, then we can really use that in such an empowering way to not only heal ourselves, but heal the world. So I was able to experience that as as a child when they would come at night and I would be reminded of who I really am, that there is a lot more to experience and, and to life and to the soul than just this physical reality. Okay, let's dive deeper into that. You remembered this experience of being taken out of your body and being healed at night. And so 
that's so interesting that this is happening to all of us. We just are not aware of it. What you said is nice for us to focus on so that we can begin to remember this, these higher forces that were helping you. Okay, so here it is. It's not going good in your house. It's very traumatic, and you're in your bedroom. When you talk of the angelic guides and the feeling of what they are, is this a feeling? Did you see them with your eyes? Was it something that you saw in the etheric? And also, can you describe the ET angels? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. So the first thing that I want to share with people is I think the reason why I was able to have such um, visual experiences, being able to see and also um, touch, feel physical experiences is because I was open to it. And um, I, I came here with that open, pure channel. That's just how I was born with my connection to spirit. So I think that ultimately that's why I was able to experience such, you know, physical and, and, and remember things. And so my um, kind of guidance to anybody who wants to experience that is really ask yourself right here, right now, if, if a guide was to appear to you in physical form, would you freak out? And if the, any part of your body seizes up or you're like, oh gosh, that would, that would be a little scary, then work on that and make that your normal. That's what a lot of what I talk about mm-hmm. too, the magic of miracles. Like miracles are a natural occurrence between you and your connection with source. That's just what happens. Miracles are that natural occurrence. So, and to, and to some people having those experiences would be a miraculous experience to be able to see your guide, to be able to see an angel. And that's a part of our, of our experience if we choose to, but we have to choose to be comfortable to let go of any parts of fear within us or programming. So that's my first thing that I wanted to share is just ask yourself where, um, or might you be holding any blockages from actually experiencing that intimate experience with a guide or an angel? Um, so I was already open and, um, and being able to experience that was, was very beautiful. I remember, uh, being taken on this, on this one occasion that made me just feel so, so connected. And, and when I went to sleep at night, and like I said, there was, you know, during that day, this was, I was a little bit older around like 11 or 12 when I'm starting to actually, you know, have a social life and be around peers and, and, and my environment with school and that, which I always felt like a black sheet. I mean, number one, like, I mean, when you're walking around and you're seeing auras and you're, you, as soon as you meet somebody, you're getting visions of their past lives and you're like, what the hell is this? Like, this is, you don't know because there's no one there to tell you except for my guide. So to really, like I said, if I wasn't really grounded in nature and seeing it in nature and feeling my connection with my horses, I would probably think I was going a bit crazy. But I knew that that was, it was just, I was in my own bubble and experience of life and that I was just patiently waiting for everyone else to join me because I knew that I didn't want to join everybody else's experience of life because I was looking around like, these people look miserable. I don't want to be in that. No, thank you. I'm going to choose to feel this connection regardless of if I have the pain and suffering. I still feel the beautiful connection. So I remember going to sleep one night and uh, and still, you know, feeling grateful for knowing that I'm going to be able to see my guides. And as I was falling asleep, I remember seeing um, this white um, shimmering light on my window and feeling just this beautiful sensation. And I literally felt my body start to rise and levitate off my bed. And um, I was literally, my physical body was vibrating so much so that my dog actually got up off the bed and was like, and went and got on his own bed because I was disrupting his sleep because my physical body was shaking so much. And then it started to levitate. And... um 
And that's when I saw this beautiful, beautiful um, guide uh, come to me. And she reminds me of like a motherly type energy. And, um, and it's definitely from Octurius. There's a lot of d- uh, dimensions that are out there, a lot of star galaxies, and we only name a few, right, that we're familiar with. But there's some that we don't even know the names for, and, and they give us, our guides give us the names. But I remember seeing her, and she just looked at me, and she had just these, um, in a good way, big almond, dark blue eyes, and uh, kind of like a, um, a tear-shaped face. Um, but upside down and, uh, her eyes, when I looked into them were like, I was about as if I was seeing the whole universe in, in a being's eyes, uh, just the sparkles of light and the colors and how they would change. It was almost as if like, instead of, she didn't have pupils. Um, so it was almost as if like how your, your pupils would, would adjust to what the sunlight or what you were, you were seeing. Her eyes would start to change with like sparkles and it literally looked, looked as if I was looking at a nebula inside of her eyes. It was so beautiful. And just looking into her eyes, I was reminded of that this is where we come from. Her eyes were the gateway to her soul. And I saw into who she was as a, as a being, even though she was in an extraterrestrial, tall, long, almost transparent looking body, um, very kind of humanoid like, but also extraterrestrial, um, with, with her, you know, facial structure and her bone structure. Um, but it was just very peaceful. And, um, and then that's when she, you know, asked me, you know, she was like, she let me see her first. And this is one thing that I want to share with people. Um, anyone who is wanting to have extraterrestrial experiences or who uh, has had extraterrestrial experiences, and if you're wondering if they were good or bad, beings who just come to you first and then just take you without permission or without you allowing, giving you the time to allow yourself to tune into their energy and make the conscious choice, if that's something you want to do, those beings are not beings you want to be working with. Because you want to be in association with extraterrestrial beings that are, are choosing to acknowledge your feelings and not just have their own agenda. So she just allowed me to, to stare into her eyes and to see her soul. And, um, and it was just the most peaceful feeling I ever felt. And it was about me trusting in myself. And I chose to go with her. And she took me on this ship and she was showing me this, this room where, um, it was almost like chambers where, they would go and, and they would heal themselves and the food they would eat. They were literally eating like spirulina, like blue green algae. They would eat uh, foods that were infused with light because um, that's where they were evolved to with their planet. Um, the plants would, uh, you know, have their own, um, you know, life force and they didn't need to harvest any plants anymore. They were growing their own algae and uh, blue green type algae. And that's the liquid diet that they would have. Um, a lot of their diet had like, looked like there were crystals in it, um, just sparkling light, a lot of like liquid light is the best way to describe it. But with also with a little bit of, of physical um, substance as well. And, um, and they're, their planet was softer. The sunlight wasn't very dominant. Like our planet has a lot of sunlight. We have a lot of sun here in our galaxy. And their galaxy was more of moonlight based. And, um, and they were more, uh, they, their bodies, uh, lit up and just how we can photosynthesize in the sun, their bodies would do that in the moonlight. And, um, and this was a very beautiful, and I think that's why they had such a feminine quality about them, about this race. And, uh, because there was a lot of just soft, not very, um, 
not very bright. It was more of a, a soft glow of, of, of the energy that was around them. And they just kind of showed me their ways of being peaceful. Um, also of healing their bodies that had healing chambers that they would go into to rejuvenate their bodies. And she would tell me, she said, everyone on earth does not take time to heal. Our bodies are designed to heal. And when we're stressed out and we're freaking out and we're on all these medications and doing all these things, it's because we're not tuned into our bodies. Sometimes our bodies do need physical, you know, substance to help replenish itself. Um, and sometimes we do need to be on certain types of medication to help support the body. But we can essentially break free from all that and allow our bodies uh, to do what it's divinely designed to do, which is to heal itself. And um, she would tell me how we're too busy. We don't take time to slow down and tune in. That even the most spiritual people that walk around in all white and drink green juice and on their yoga mats all day long still have judgment in their hearts. They're like how you can walk the part and talk the talk, but if you're not really truly connecting to your spiritual self, which isn't necessarily following your heart, but listening to that inner voice within and then taking guided action steps on that. Because um, I think we throw the word, those that phrase around follow your heart or listen to your heart, and but we don't actually truly go in and heal the heart. We don't really say, oh, I have a little bit of that there. And that's what they're really about in a soft way, in a gentle way. Getting connected to the planet is what she was telling me, too, because a lot of us are starving. A lot of us, especially probably the listeners tuning in, you yourself, me, we have lived other lives in other dimensions, other places. And particularly if we're coming here to anchor in light, we can feel like this world is pretty dense. And, um, and the only way for us to feel really grounded in who we are and feel really empowered and, and embodied in this physical form is when we're connected to Mama Gaia, when we're connected because we've chosen her as our great mother planet in this lifetime. So she would help me, you know, remember that and also remember, of course, my star origin as well and, and just how to, to really help heal our bodies and, and that we have to see it from a holistic perspective that yes, we have to heal the emotional body tuning in to ground and have emotional equilibrium in our life, but also our physical bodies, the food we are eating. Not only is it, you know, pretty shitty, in my opinion, the food that's all around us, but to know that our bodies has the, has the ability to, um, to when, we're, when we're that connected to our bodies, when our bodies are that clean, that our bodies can, can utilize whatever food we put into it and to help heal it in a way. But she says the ultimate thing we can do is to, to nourish our physical body because we have disregarded a lot of people who are want to have a spiritual experience don't that want to bypass the, the physical experience they want to just go straight into the upper chakras but really it's about integrating the lower chakras into physical form so that you can truly be a spiritual being having a human experience not where you're overwhelmed by the human experience so she doesn't want us to disregard the, the physical body and the human experience but in fact see this experience as sacred so I think that that was one of the most profound experiences that I had with, um, and there's a lot more to that. We could go on for hours about the connection, but to, to get as much in there as I can for people to really understand kind of what these advanced races are who are connected to their planet and who are living, um, a life of, of harmony and peace with their peers and the planet could be like, um, because us as a human uh, race, we, we, we are heading towards that. Even though you may think that, oh gosh, when we look at the world now, it doesn't seem like that. But it's kind of like when you're going through a detox in your physical body, and as soon as you put all the stuff that's going to detox the system, and your body's like vomiting and, and projecting all the, all the nasty stuff out, that's kind of where we're at. 
and we can't get caught up in that and, and, and thinking that this is all there is. We're just in the purging process on the planet and we're going to be out of it soon. And it's just all a part of not becoming too attached to, uh, the experience, the, the emotional experience and allowing that to move through and staying really connected to, to the truth of this experience is what she reminded me. Beautiful. So then she was really guiding you on what we will become. We have this ability to become this way. So fascinating about the foods and healing the body with those healing chambers. Are those etheric? Is that through meditation or do they have physical chambers? They have physical chambers that they, that they put themselves in. And that's only whenever, um, cause a lot of them do come to assist beings on earth. And, um, so whenever they go into lower realms, their energy becomes really dense and, she tells me it's just it's inevitable that you're going to soak in energies. That's just inevitable. It's not that we're on a path of self-martyring anymore where we're being a sponge for everybody's mess. But it's just inevitable that we're going to be soaking in toxins from the environment. And, of course, our skin is the largest organ in our body. It breathes in everything. So not only is it breathing in toxins in the air, but it's breathing in energy. So whenever they would come to assist physical beings or, or lower dimensional beings, not lower, like I said, in, in a negative way, but just in, in density frequency level, um, they would soak in energies in their body. So then they would go and recuperate in the chambers, um, the physical chambers. But um you know, they, they're telling me anyone who's listening and wants to connect to beings like them or, or other beings that are connected to, to the individual listening, all they have to do is just go in meditation and their light body can easily go into those chambers and they merge back with the physical and bring that imprint into the physical body. Okay, beautiful. And the work that you do then, you're able to help others with meditations like that then. Oh wow, this is, this is incredible. So this is one of the biggest things that I, I love. Not only my one-on-one sessions with people are, are, are powerful, we go right in there and I'm able to really hold space and, and clear out all those patterns and particularly contracts and past lives that are really anchoring um, certain energies into your field, wondering why you keep repeating the same things or why you seem stuck. Mm-hmm. Really clearing that out, but the, the the big thing that I find the most, which is gives me the most reward in life, is actually being one on one physically in person with someone, and being able to go right into the source or the root and kind of rip the weed up from the root, and um and get it out of the person is in a way that is in a, in a supportive and gentle, sacred space, which to me is why I feel like most of uh, my clients instantly make the breakthroughs a lot faster because the body, the psyche, any part of your, of your soul that's either been traumatized, that's been hurt, or that's holding on to pain instantly feels the, the sacred sanctuary, uh, energy of the space. And the, and every part of the, the person just instantly relaxes. And they're able to be open to receive the healing, which is big. And, um, and so, mm-hmm. yeah, so I'm able to really go in there and use all what, you know, my guys and, and of course, just being a pure channel for, for source. So whatever that person needs, I am literally able to give it to them in that moment. And that's through many, 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 many lifetimes of clearing myself of being a channel to where I can literally just sit there and hold space for whatever frequency needs to come through me for that person and getting out of the way and allowing spirit to work through me. Um, 
I think is what creates the most profound results. And I've literally had clients experience miracles, their own version of miracles. And, um, and it's just, it's a really, it's a really powerful experience. And I just feel grateful that I get to help facilitate that, that I get to be the one to hold space for them and, and to help them work through that and support them through this process. Because we all want that. We all truly need that. Us as human beings, we thrive on, on, on connection. We thrive on other, connections with other human beings we are that is our primal instinctual nature is to be tribal is to be a part of a community to be a part of a tribe and i think that's part of like what my workshops really offer for people is just not only get to working one-on-one with me but having soul family around because i'm calling in the energy of the space i'm calling in the people and i only call in the most supportive loving um people to attend these workshops. Um, so I think that that's what creates the powerful breakthroughs is being able to connect with other like-hearted souls and, and not, and not feel alone in your journey and share your journey so that you can heal is, is, is a very powerful experience. Thank you for holding that sacred space for those. I've actually witnessed on some retreats where we've held space for women and it's interesting to see what comes up and to be in that sacred space and to really let it go. Mm. So thank you for that beautiful work. Okay, so this is so fascinating. And so here you are. Did you say you were around 11 when you went with this being or was this later in your life? This was around the age of 11 and 12. Yes. Okay. So then all your childhood, you had this connection. You've also spoken of your celestial guardian. Yes. Can you talk a little bit more about this? Ah, oh, so I definitely have these beings who, um, who have been around me since the birth of, of my soul. And, um, and they just are there to anchor in this, uh, this light and they're, they're, it, they're for individual people. So like all of us have our certain types of, 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 of guardians that have been with the birth of us, birth of our souls. And so not necessarily the birth of this physical experience because we have many guys. We have guys that are really well equipped to handle this physical world that will help you with like the modern day things. And then we also have uh, the spiritual advanced beings who will help you remember your spiritual truths and anchor in your true purpose. And then we have like what I call like the guardians of your soul who really have been there from the birth of your soul from whenever you were created by source and um and they know everything about you and so those are the ones that they don't necessarily come in too much but only when 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 they really need to come in and those were the beings that I connected with whenever I was in my coma whenever I was uh in that completely unconscious space and completely with them and not nowhere near the physical world anymore and and they're the ones who give you the the big profound moments and um, I want to share a story uh, with, with you guys um, about these guardian beings because they were the ones who I was going through. This is kind of going into my later years of life, and we'll get back in, in, into my childhood in a minute. But um, just to kind of give a few people um, hope with any part of their story. So whenever I was – after I had my daughter – and, um, and I was with my partner at the time who I knew would not be my long-term partner. I knew our sacred contract was to bring our daughter into the world. Um, and knowing, knowing that and having a two, uh, and a half month year old, uh, little girl was very, was very challenging and knowing that I needed to make all these big steps and, and what I was going to do. 
uh, was, was very, um, was very upsetting for me at that moment. Wanted to make sure I did everything right with my daughter and, and being the best mother that I could. And, and at this point I found myself not very unhappy with where I was living. The energy space wasn't supportive to me energetically on the planet. Um, so, and, and, and my partner at the time, uh, was from England. So we moved there for a bit and we got there. That wasn't working either. And I just kept feeling this pull back to sacred Sedona, which is the only place truly in the world that I've traveled to so far where I feel completely supported energetically. And we had made all these, um, hard decisions already and moved, uh, countries and, and we had all these things that we would have to sort out and deal with. And, and we were already exhausted from the, from the previous moves, but my guides were like, tell me I needed to go. And this one, the guardian being stepped in because I knew that if I did not make that choice in that moment to choose me, to choose to listen to my higher guidance over everything else, because this was the ultimate test for me in my life where um, I, I would see, you know, uh, my experiences and I would, I would hear, um, all, all these, uh, all these things from my guides. And I had people around me who were not choosing to accept that as a part of their reality. And so questioning me, wanting me to question myself. And, um, and I chose not to. And my guides just kept reminding me of that moment when, when my daughter was two and a half months old and I was trying to find some sort of, spiritual outlet because I was just feeling um, even myself pretty down in that moment with all the hormones I was going through. And I remember I cut on my um, my PlayStation, my guides like cut on this app and I'm like, cut on an app. What the heck does this have to do with spirituality? And they're like, cut on an app. So I cut it on and um, I, I looked on the show and I saw the uh, the guy MTV app and I was like, interesting. So they were like, click on that. And I had heard about uh, that company here and there. And my guides told me, you know, um, very soon you're going to get on there and you're going to share your story. And that's going to be the, the opening door to help you heal the world through your story. You're going to help others find their story of transformation through you, through you telling yours. And I doubted it. I was like, no way. And then here I am, here I am. I was like, okay, I'm in England. My guys like moved to Sedona. You've got to do this. This is when the guardian beings, like what I was talking about, really stepped in. They didn't have the physical beings kind of move stuff around, put stuff on my path for me to pay attention to. I was ignoring that. And then the ethereal beings, the ethereal guides came in, giving message, messages to me, like little aha moments. I was ignoring those two. So then the big guardian being stepped in and was like, look, you've got to do this. And the night before I was going to fly back to America to um, be here just for Christmas and go back to England, my daughter broke her ankle. And I was like, oh my gosh, like what? And my guy's like, are you paying attention now? You need to change, you need to change your ticket and it needs to be a one way. And so, and I, I changed my ticket. Um, I get here, I get to Sedona and, um, and I see my neighbor across the street and we just start chatting and we're just like, I instantly feel a connection. And, um, and I was like, okay, well, we'll, we'll connect in the next couple of days. I'm feeling pulled to go to cathedral. And this is the story that I really want to tell people. Um, so thank you for giving me time to share this story. I think it's really going to help, uh, people remember who they really are. So before I get into sharing this part of my story, I just want to advise people who are listening to just take a deep breath with me <sighs> to just breathe in that cleansing, purifying new breath into your body. 
inviting the higher forces of good, of your soul, of who you really are, to start to illuminate every cell. And when you exhale, release any fears, any doubts, any judgments, and just really come into that place of all-knowingness in your heart, of truth, of who you really are. And through me sharing the story, I just ask that my words activate the true cells within your being so that you can awaken and remember who you really are. So that day, I felt guided to go to Cathedral here in Sedona, very first day after I landed. I, I get there, I take my shoes off was the first thing that I did. And as soon as I put my feet back on the sacred red rocks here, I heard Mama Gaia say, ah, welcome home. She says, I want to gift you something. And I said, okay. She says, I want to gift you a crystal of purification. And this is a 100% true story, word for word. And I said, okay, I would be open to receiving that. Thank you oh so much. Just being here in your presence in these sacred red rocks and this energy is, is a gift enough. And she says, you need to welcome and open your heart up to what you're worthy and deserving of. This is a part of your path. And I said, okay. So I'm just walking barefoot on this beautiful sacred red rock, tuning into her, allowing every step that I would take, one step in front of the other, just strengthening and deepening my connection with the earth, singing songs to her, just of gratitude of just her welcoming me back to this breath of fresh air, literally, um, of, of energies that's supportive to me. And after about two or three hours, I've totally forgot about this crystal that she was going to give me. I'm just so overwhelmed with beauty and grace of what I'm experiencing, not only with my eyes of seeing the beauty of her in Sedona, but the sacred connection that I'm feeling in my heart of being barefoot and connecting with her. And then I find myself uh, being called to call up this really high ledge. And I'm like, why do I need to climb this? And she's like, you can put on your shoes for this part. Um, and I'm like, okay. So I put on my shoes. And at this point, after about two, three hours of, of just being totally connected, I'm starting to reflect on my life of like everything that I've gone through. And, um, and I can feel those guardian beings that we were talking about, the very profound beings around me, like so much so that the hair on the back of my neck would, would stand up because I was just feeling just such intensity, but in a good way of, of just pure, benevolent, really powerful, strong guides next to me that something profound was about to happen. And she says, I want you to climb this ledge and I want you to go all the way to the top. And I'm like, really? It's windy. Are you, are, are you sure you want me to do this? And she's like, are, do you trust me? Do you trust me or are you afraid of my power? Because you're, if you're afraid of my power, you're afraid of your power because we're one and the same. Allow this power to come into your heart and get grounded into who you are. And with each step you take, get grounded into me and know that it's safe for you to be powerful. So I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> so I put my shoes on and I'm hiking up this really tall ledge thinking that the wind's going to blow me off because I'm a skinny little thing. So I'm like, oh, gosh, here we go. Let's just do this. Fully trusted in spirit. By the way, I've still forgotten about this crystal. I'm all the way on top of this ledge in Cathedral, way off the path somewhere that no one's walking. Don't, there's no, not a person in sight. And as I go to turn right, all the way on the top of this ledge, I had this huge instinctual feeling come over me, like turn left. So I reposition my body and I turn left. And I kid you not, I look up and inside the crevice of this canyon is a purple dry rotted bag, medicine bag. And I was like, Oh my God, this is the crystal out of all the places out of all the turns that I could have taken 
out of every trail I could have went down. Here I found myself off the beaten path somewhere, way off somewhere, staring at this dry rotted purple bag. And I was like, if I reach my hand in this bag and there's a crystal in this bag, I'm Uh literally going to lose it. (laughs) So I grabbed this purple bag. And she says, sit down. You need to brace yourself. I'm like, oh, I bet I need to brace myself. (laughs) The wind's all going everywhere. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm literally having like a Bruce Almighty moment. So I'm like, okay, I Mm. I sit down. I'm getting grounded. She says, take a deep breath. Now put your hand in the bag and pull out your crystal, my gift to you. And I literally, I I was just like, oh, my gosh. I put my hand in the bag, and I'm shaking. I'm just so shaken, just overwhelmed with the immense of of, of spirit that's that's around me. And I pull out the most beautiful crystal I've ever seen in my life that was just in the bag, patiently waiting for me. (sighs) Oh, my. And I look at this crystal with the rainbow rays running through it. I'm just like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is (laughs) happening to me. And I'm like weeping on top of this canyon all by myself with the wind blowing all this power around me and realizing, holy shit, we are way, way more than we could ever imagine. Out of everything I could have done, here I am right Mm -hmm. now with this crystal in my hand, which I'm holding right now as we're having this interview together. And Mm. um, and I'm looking at it and she's like, I want to tell you something. I said, oh, I'm listening now. You've got all of all of me. I'm paying attention. Mm. I'm not going to doubt anything after this. Even even if my coma experience, I still, me myself, had to have moments like that. So I'm holding this crystal, and she says, I want to tell you something. And I said, yes. And she says, you hear me. I'm the voice of Mother Earth, and, and you hear me clearly. And she says, um, you will bring people here to me. You will bring people to Sedona, and you will help people remember who they really are through getting them connected the way that you are connected. She says, because, my child, you are the spirit of Sedona. That is your name. That is the name that I give you. And she says, you embody my spirit. We are one and the same. And um, I said, okay. And um, she says, now reach in the back. There's a letter in there. I'm like, there's a letter in there? Sure, there's a letter in there. She told me there's a letter in there. There's going to be a letter in there. So I put my mm-hmm. hand in the bag, and sure enough, there's a piece of paper. And I promise you this is a true story. I pull out this sheet of paper. Not only was the crystal profound enough, but she tells me, this is your name. You are the spirit of Sedona. Now read the note of the letter. So I take out the letter, take out this piece of paper. Everything's written in French except for this one part at the bottom, which says, I dedicate this crystal to the spirit of Sedona. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh my God. Whoa. I'm crying again. Oh, wow. And she tells me that crystal is the crystal of purification. Now catch your tear on the crystal and let mm. your, your tears be literally like the rain for me, how I purify myself. Let your tears mm-hmm. be the, 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 literally the tears of purification. And I put them on the crystal and she said, this is where you remember who you are. And so I just have feel guided to share that story with the listeners to, Remind people that whenever you really do choose to stop doubting, you know, those voices in your head and ask your guides Mm -hmm. to get really clear with you and say, what is my next step? And actually do what is required of you. Take those guided action steps. Don't just get the guidance and then be too fearful to follow up on it. Mm-hmm. really take your shoes off, get grounded in the earth and get connected why you've chosen to come here. 
and and know that you do have a purpose. We're not just here floating around for just the sake, just the just the experience. We're here, all of us, you know, for our own individual, you know, expression because we are that individual expression of the collective whole and. Until we embody who we really are, we're, we're never going to really feel grounded. We're never going to really feel empowered, never going to really feel like our life is purposeful. So I just advise anyone who heard that story to just wherever you're at, take the time to get connected to the earth. Whether you go to sacred places like Sedona, it's everywhere. A kid, even if you're in a concrete jungle in the city, there's a park somewhere around you where you can go or there's water or you have plants in your home any place that you can get connected to nature because nature can be pristine and untainted uh version and experience of source so i think um i think that's just what i advise people to just really get connected and your connection with spirit will be different than mine because it's an intimate experience that you share so and that will be special for you and so don't think that if you you're that you go on a walk that you're going to find a crystal. It could be you're thinking of something and a ladybug lands on you. You never know what what that what your connection will bring. Just be open and just be trusting in your heart that spirit will guide you to exactly where 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 you need to be and essentially that's where you are right now. So so thank you for allowing me to share. What a beautiful story. Total confirmation. I know it has many of us, all of us, looking back at our own life and our own experiences. What I love is that you totally connected in and you listened. You began to listen. You started seeing the signs when you were in England and were told to make your way back to Sedona. And then you followed those signs. And then... That experience with Mama Gaia, the divine feminine as well, and you knowing once and for all to not doubt yourself, a very powerful and beautiful story. And again, each of us in our own way can look back at these experiences and know even further that we too have had those moments and we need to just get connected to the earth again. This is what the great ancients have been saying and the indigenous ones have been saying for so long now. So thank you for that beautiful story. And and I do want to mention that your interview with Regina Meredith is on Gaia TV. It is extraordinary. So I'd like to go into maybe the, the dark part of your childhood. It involves your stepfather as well. Tell us a little bit about what he was involved with. This part of the story reveals some of the darker side of the powers that be. You've had experiences with the good ETs and the angels, and you're very connected with your guides. But also, you were abducted by the military. So, um, And then that leads into... Your coma, but that was a really rough time in your life that led you to a coma, which the blessing in that was bringing forth these new healing abilities. So let's go to your stepdad and as much as you want to share here what he was involved with and how that led you into uh, that next phase in those teenage years. Absolutely. And this is like um, one thing that I wanted to share with people like this. This is what I am built for. 
Like we are, mm-hmm. I love like the Lisa Nichols, uh, whenever she's on there and she's saying something like the Tonka truck thing. If you've never heard of Lisa Nichols, she's an amazing woman and go look at one of her motivational spe- speeches. It's just incredible. Like I was literally divinely designed for spirit to go in these dark places. And like you said at the beginning to see light because someone's got to do it. I mean, someone has got to be able to look demons in the eyes and not be intimidated and hold space and be like, you're not welcomed here. Get out. Someone has to be to be able to hold such a level of strength and power within their being to go in and do the dirty work. Someone's got to do it. And spirits like you're equipped enough to do this. So let's let's do this. And I signed up for this assignment on Mother Earth because like that's why I think I have such a beautiful connection with her. Why I literally experience instantaneous abundance and instantaneous miracles and spontaneous healing and all these things is because um, I have such a beautiful relationship with spirit with it's, it's literally a giving and receiving and spirit said, I need you here. So I'm going to help you out with this over here. And so these experiences were when I go into this story, I don't want to, I don't want to discourage people. I actually want to do the exact opposite to know that you have beings like me who are taking back uh, control in a good way of, of, of uh, eliminating um, the darkness, but not in a way of where, you know, where it's, it's harsh and it's abrasive, but doing it through, doing it through light, doing it through healing. And so, uh, whenever I was a small child, I remember, you know, helicopters coming in and taking my mother and my stepfather to the White House to have dinner with President Bush. And this was a normal thing for me. A Joey, you know, my stepfather would just have loads of people, you know, coming around. He would throw thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars worth of, of like banquets and meetings and even, um, you know, at, at the, one of the biggest Air Force base that we had in Georgia, we had to have special passes to get into. And I remember that's when I met Dick Cheney and uh, Zaxby, uh, I forget his name, one of the sentence, um, would come over to the house. There'd be loads of people coming and going in political places of power. Um, and I, this was just normal for me. I didn't really think much of it. And because I grew up around it, I grew up around all these people um, who we would see on TV and, and that just coming around the house or or we would be invited to go have um, go have dinner with the president. And and like I said, my stepfather would host um, um, places for gatherings for them to come together. And um, at the beginning, you know, as a small child, I thought that this was normal and that um, but some people thought that this was you know, like an awesome thing for me to have uh, the connections with the president because it was Bush at the time and all that. And um, it just was a normal experience for me until I got around uh, the age of 11 and 12. And that's when uh, I remember going to sleep at night and um, and having just this very eerie feeling like something was watching me and observing me. And that's when I, I remember uh, as two men. Um, and it was very blurry because um, as soon as I was waking up, my body was paralyzed. I couldn't move. I was trying to speak. A lot of people probably remember stuff like this paralysis in their sleep from different types of an abduction experiences, not necessarily with the military, but definitely with with the negative extraterrestrials. Um, and I remember smelling just this awful smell of like sulfury smell. And, um, almost reminds me as if like, if you've been in a cave before, but, but like, like really deep into the earth, that smell, um, but not in a good way. Like it's been fermenting for a while. It's hard to describe that stench. 
Um, and there were these two men and they were dressed in like, uh, like military style, not camo military, but like I'm more suited up with like badges. And I, I was trying so hard to make out what the badges were, but I was so disorientated that I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And then I blacked out. And then I remember being inside a helicopter because it wasn't a, it wasn't a spacecraft. This one was a helicopter. My first experience. I remember hearing the, the sound of the, of the chopper. And, um, and coming and going in and out. And there, and I remember them saying, she's not out yet. She keeps coming back in and they keep sticking stuff in my arms to push me back out, some sort of drug. And, um, and that was like my, my first experience. And then when I woke up, I didn't remember what happened to me. And then it wasn't until about like 12, 13 till I was like right around the age of like 11 to 12. I was in a really rough state as it transitioned into a teenager. Like my emotions were all jacked up, um, not going through the pu- puberty, not normal puberty, not that, but really like I was just not myself. And it was all the implants that I, I learned later that was in my body that they put in me because they wanted to control my emotions. They wanted to uh, make me feel disconnected. Because that was the only way that they could get me to not feel my connection with source was to make me feel an alternative feeling. Um, So they put implants, um, particularly back in, I forget what it's called, some sort of cortex in the back of your your brain at the very base uh, seat of your consciousness. Um, in the back of your, your mind, they would put stuff in there. And, and this was whenever around 12, I remember them actually physically taking me underground and they were, they had me were walking me down and, uh, and I knew if I tried to run that it would be a bad idea. So, and my guys were present with me throughout this whole entire time when I was awake. And I remember being in like an elevator and being completely underground in like some sort of like f- facility where there was lights and um, some sort of base underground. And my guys are like, just stay calm. Just play the part. You're here to observe. You're not actually not participating. They think you're participating, but you're not participating. We're going and we're clearing out everything that they're doing to you. We're clearing it right back out of you. But they can't know that. You just need to play the role right now like an actor. And I'm like, okay, so this is what I'm doing. I'm like, this is really an effed up role to play, but okay, let's do this, whatever I'm supposed to do. So uh, they go and they take me into this room and that's when they set me down in the chair. And this literally reminds me of people seeing the matrix. I know parts of my story, people who don't believe me would probably say she got this from a movie, but that's not the case. Um, I think the movies got this from actual real experiences. Um, because I'm literally sitting in a very similar like chair where they're hooking stuff up to the back of my neck and they have stuff also in my spine going down my spine because they really were uh, about with me, my Kundalini energy, because that's the energy of transformation of how you literally rise up from, from lower levels of consciousness into spiritual realms of consciousness and, and your body to be the light bridge to hold space for that. So they were really about damaging the Kundalini awakening process and sacred sensuality and, and, and all that. We'll talk about that later. Um, so that was there. And I remember being hooked up to this machine and them trying to implant um, images of the earth destructing itself, like blowing up or, or stuff happening or people obeying the, the military or how the world will be a safer place. Like all this BS, right? Um, they're trying to feed into me and I'm just like not buying it. It's just like literally going one ear and out the other, but they're just, show- it's like, I'm just watching a movie and saying, I don't believe in the movie that I'm watching, but I couldn't, I couldn't let them in that that's what I was doing. Um, but they tried to, uh, to implant all these images into my mind because my connection with the earth. 
Um, I'm a, I'm a manifester in human design. And whenever I'm completely connected to the earth, I am literally healing her. I'm healing the earth. So that was their, they knew that about me. They knew not that I'm special because we all have a, an equal role to play here, but they knew that if they could damage my connection with the earth, they could control the earth more. So that's what they really wanted to do. And I wasn't buying it. So I was just sitting there participating to be the observer to actually see what they're actually really doing. And so that was one of my first experiences with kind of the dark forces of the military. And then it got to where I was shown when they took me out of that. And I was very disorientated again from being hooked up to that machine. But once I came to, I remember walking around, getting to the other part of this facility underground and seeing actual, actual like, almost reminds me of like test rooms where there were extraterrestrials. And, um, and I remember, um, seeing them being terrified. Like none of the, the beings that were there wanted to do what was being done to them. And there was only a few, which was like the reptilianoid type beings, uh, the insectoid type beings, um, who were really easily programmed with fear, more, more like, uh, ants like beings who uh, are easily programmed with fear uh, and also like a prey mantis like beings who were very creepy. Um, all those kind of knew what they were doing. And of course we have the beings who I don't like to call them the grays because that's way too over, you know, used. Um, but we definitely have those types of beings and, and also other kind of beings that go in and out of dimensions that aren't necessarily physical, but that are shapeshifters and can take different forms. And so all those beings are very conscious. They know what they're doing. And, um, but there was a lot of beings there. I would say 80 to 90% of the beings they were testing on extraterrestrial beings I'm referring to, uh, did not want to be there, did not want to be participating. It's like they were seeking out beings from all over the universe, because they're trying to get power through skipping evolution because they would have to pay their karmic price. Because if they start working through their lessons to evolve and be empowered through spirit, how I'm evolved, how we're all evolving here, um, they would, uh, they would have to, they would have to pay their karmic debt. <laughs> they would have to own up to the stuff that they've been doing and they don't want to do that. So they're trying to create alternate realities. They're trying to create other ways that they can escape paying for karma and create a place where they can stay and keep just bouncing from dimensions and bouncing between different forms and not have to reap the karmic, uh, uh, repercussions. Um, so that was their goal and they were getting things where they can try and put pieces together. So that's when I started noticing around 13, 14 that they were taking things from beings and actually seeing test tubes of, of, um, fetuses growing. And this may seem far out for people, but it's literally, if, I mean, if, when you really think about our government and our military and our political people are only telling us what they want us to hear. There's so much shit going on behind closed doors, uh, that we, we wouldn't even be able to go there, like scratch the surface in the interview of how much really is going on and how deep it really runs. But this isn't to put fear into anybody. This is to know that it, this is the reason why it's so deep and why they've been trying to act, going at it for so long is because they still haven't reached their desired goal because they're not going to. It's just not part. Evolution will always find a way to evolve. It's like whenever you look at Mother Nature, Mother Nature, she's adaptable. Anything you throw at her, this is they want us to think that the world will come to an end. And yes, we do have to be with global warming and things like that. We do have to change our ways. It's all about living more in harmony with the earth. But they also want us to think that she can't heal herself, that she's powerless. 
No, she's way more powerful than us. And if she didn't want us here, she could wipe all of us out if she wanted to. But she's not going to do that. And she knows how to adapt and evolve. And she's a giving mother. And she just wants us connected to her where she can have the relationship with us. And they want us to believe that we are beyond you know, hope we're, we're beyond, um, repair for, for Mama Gaia. But just when you literally look at patterns of evolution, evolution adapts, it evolves, it grows, it changes. And she will always do that. No matter what they do to her, she grows stronger. And that's like what we can do as well, not become defeated and, and use this as a way to evolve spiritually by seeing, allowing the darkness to actually serve the light by allowing us to grow stronger from these experiences and to grow wiser and, and to become more empowered through these, through these dark times. And, and it's almost at this point now, I know this may, people may be like, how could you find this funny? But I actually literally find that it's just, I can, they're still going for it. It's like, are you seriously not ready to give up now? Because it's just, it's not going to happen. And, um, no matter what they do, and they'll try and get you to believe that it's possible through any way they can, because that's the only way that they have power over you is you believing. Because the belief is the ultimate power is if you believe in it, then they have you. But if you choose to say, I choose not to accept that as my reality and you choose to remember who you really are, then that's it. They have no control over you. They'll try and work through other people to get to you, all sorts of things. I mean, they're they'll try everything that they can. They're so desperate. And it's actually pretty sad when you see how desperate the darkness is to hold on to their false version of power because it's crumbling beneath their feet and their and their stability is, is, is gone now. And so I think that's why more and more beings of light, particularly like individuals like ourselves and, and the listeners who are committed to walking this path and being the lighthouse and shining it for other people. Why more and more of us are awakening at this time and stepping into our powerful roles. And at, at this point, I remember seeing, you know, the test tubes and they're literally creating like what we would call like super soldiers, androids they are creating robotic humans, artificial intelligence. That's all already been done. Um, and, uh, they're, they're trying all these things to ways to embody different forms, different physical forms. So they don't have to, like I said, pay the karmic price, but we don't, we don't have to worry about any of this. And my advice is if you're wanting to know about these things, um, it's good to be informed. I think when you're informed, you can be empowered when we know and we're educated and what's going on. When we're just kind of walking around oblivious to everything. Then we don't really know that that spirit's calling us for action. But my number one thing is to not get caught up in conspiracy theories. And a lot of them aren't conspiracy theories. A lot of them are factual truth. But try to find a balance with that. Do guided research is what I like to say. Don't try and allow yourself to get too much into that and 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 because where our energy goes <laughs> you know our our life will flow so we want to make sure that we focus ourselves on the solutions rather than all the problems that's going on but in order to create the solutions we first have to acknowledge the problems or to acknowledge what needs healing it's like in the body whenever i say to people the earth represents our our the the, the global body right and we can use our physical body as a beautiful metaphor for healing the global body you know, whenever we have something going on inside of our physical body, whether it's like a cancerous cell or a disease, which is a dis-ease within the body, 
We don't want to go and say, I hate you. I can't stand you. I want, want to get rid of you. That sends terrible energy to your body. We want to get in there. We want to say, thank you, body, for telling me that I have not acknowledged you, that I have not heard you, that I have stopped listening to your wants and needs and desires. Tell me what you need from me in order to help you heal. When we come from that place, then it's an empowered space. Then we can recognize, oh, my gosh, I've disowned this part of my body. I've disregarded this place within me that is a reflection of this spiritual lesson. Let me go in and let me heal myself with that. Let me choose to see the pain and turn it into my purpose and know that I can really empower myself through this transformational healing journey of my body. And so whenever you go in and you tune yourself into that, which I also talk about in my coma, how I heal myself with that, with the light codes and frequencies. But whenever you give thanks to the disharmony and, and the disease that's going on in the body, whenever you can really give thanks to saying, thank you for telling me that I need to acknowledge you. It, it creates a whole new frequency rather than I, there's so many people that are, that are angry and that are upset, which we do need to process anger. But if any person who studies shamanistic teachings and ways, which is a lot of what I do going into the darkness to transcend it and heal it into light, um, you have to be able to use that anger as huge fire for transformation. Think of it like the Phoenix, right? So we have to use that anger in a very productive way and not just sit there and keep regurgitating the same stories over and over again of saying, I'm angry at this, I'm angry at that. What can you do consciously right now in your community to bring change? And one way is using that anger to as a motivational fuel to fuel that positive change. And then once you allow yourself to feel the anger and let it go, then you can remember that everything is happening exactly how it's supposed to. And this isn't a story I'm wanting people to just believe. This is truly what's happening. Um, it really is. Every, everybody is exactly where we're meant to be. And and everything's happening exactly how it's supposed to. And so don't get caught up in the dark, dramatized details of the experience of life. Try to really remember that, yes, we are in a physical world where there's, you know, dark, light, hot, cold, night, day. Where we do live in that, that polarity. But we have to find the unity within the duality, which is knowing that everything truly is happening exactly how it's supposed to. And so that's what I think through all of my experiences that I've had with these otherworldly beings and, and being taken in these ships and underground facilities. And even in that, you know, uh, place that we haven't mentioned yet, but that uh, that school where they took me in the middle of the night, all those things that I've done. That's why I think I've been able to really hold that anchor of truth of knowing that. It's all happening how it's supposed to and not they want you to believe that there is no hope. They want you to be so angry and just sit there and just be pissed off at the world because that's just feeding what, what they want from you. You're giving them fuel. You're giving them food rather than transforming that anger. So um, thank you for asking me that question. I am blown away by this. But again, to see your oh, just your connection with your heart within with your guides that allow you to go into some of these dark places okay all right let's go on to the story with that school in the middle of the night it's just it's it's hard to comprehend why they would want to do this you were saying as they take our power from us right they don't want us to be connected to the earth and that's what they were really doing here at this school talk a little bit about that because then that leads to your coma yeah absolutely so 
of course, whenever you're experiencing uh, all these experiences, uh, people around me thought that I was just being a rebellious teenager. Um, but that's not that wasn't the case. I was dealing with so much energetically, not only from the energy of my home with my mother and all the the physical abuse, because at this point it was so bad around 14 whenever I was uh, taken in the middle of the night. There was so much abuse from my mom, literally physical abuse of her strangling me. Uh, I mean, it just got so bad. And I was in a, um, in a bad relationship, uh, w- with a boyfriend at the time. And I was just a hot mess. And I was trying to, you know, still stay grounded in the midst of all this vortex of darkness. It's like, how, how do you, I even hold space just for myself? Cause I felt so alone. The only connection that people had was like, oh, go to church and, 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 and have this type of connection. I'm like, that's, 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 that's not exactly it. <laughs> and it's not where I need to be. So like trying to like anchor in and just be my own, my own Jesus, be my own spiritual master and, and be my own savior was, was what I was having to do. And at 14, that's such a huge, you know, shoes to step into to for yourself. And, um, when your parents are supposed to be that for you and, and your society and your, your friends and all that's supposed to be that for you. And so I was just like, uh, I was just, uh, anything that tried to conform me, constrict me, uh, try and make me, uh, uh, be the cookie cutter, all American, go to the football games, uh, go to your uh, Bible school study class when the, when the teacher himself is groping another woman's ass at a, at a meeting that you saw that's not his wife's ass, like, and trying to teach you lessons on adultery. Like, who the hell is this person, right? I'm, I'm just really realizing that there was a lot of hypocrisy and just like, and, 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 and just, and, and lots of people just, just not being true to their word. And I was just looking around and, and, um, and it was just not, it was not the world that I wanted to be in. So I was rebelling a lot. I had no problem speaking my mind, um, telling someone, uh, to F off if I needed to. I was very fiery, uh, from all of my experiences. And my, my parents were like, well, we don't know what to do with her. So instead of like sending me off to a normal boarding school, <laughs> of course, they send me off to an elite boarding school, which happened to be a part of what people call the WASP program, which is associated with MK Ultra Mind Control. And um, of course, my mom probably had no freaking clue what the hell that even is. So they put me in that mm-hmm. and they came in the middle of the night. How, how I got there was I woke up at like two o'clock in the morning to a man and a woman um, saying that. We're going to come take you to this school. Uh, you've done had your, your, your chances to be a good student, to be a good girl. And, and now this is your, this is where you have to go. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, you can do whatever you want. If you only knew the stuff that I've seen, you can't do shit to me is what I'm thinking in my head. I'm like, you can take me wherever you want to go, but nothing, nothing you can do to me or my physical body is going to, 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 to truly harm me. So, um, I get up and they followed me to the bathroom, watched me use the bathroom and like wanted to put handcuffs on me. And, mm. and, um, I, they put me in the car and as they put me in the car, they put this handkerchief over my mouth. And I remember I breathed in like this chemical smell and I passed out. They didn't want me to know where I was going. And it definitely felt like I was in like, when I woke up, I could still 
It was uh, daytime then, so it was a long drive. It was morning. I was very observant, and this was me. Every time I went through any of these experiences, I'm like, okay, observe everything. Feel Mm -hmm. everything. Not just observe things with my mind, but with my feelings, with my body. Because your mind can forget things, but your body stores cellular memory, and it's easier to access the body's memory more than it is the mind. So I'm trying to remember how I felt in those moments. I'm like, okay, the air feels sticky. It's very humid. I'm still in the south somewhere. Um, I'm, you know, just my the, my breath is a little short, so I feel like I'm on a higher altitude. So I'm probably in the mountains somewhere. I don't know exactly where I'm at, but I'm like, I'm feeling it's in North Carolinas, like the Carolinas, south or north somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, this this feels like that's where I'm at. And I remember as soon as I put my feet on the earth there. It was as if like I was going to vomit so much nasty. I've never felt so much nasty energy. And I remember there being a church on the property and I, I just and every time like just looking at the girls, I knew they were being sexually raped and assaulted and abused. Um, I could just feel it. It was like a thick air just all around me it was just I could just feel just the nasty vibrations everywhere. And, um, and it was supposed to be some sort of school, like a regular school where you go and learn everything, but you, but it wasn't. And, uh, I was there and a, when I first got there, this girl comes up to me, she's like, hi, my name is da, 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 da. And I'm like, looking at this girl, I'm like, oh my God, you look like a robot. Are you effing kidding me? You're 18 years old and you're excited to be here eating instant mashed potatoes. And I can't even recognize whatever else that is on that food dish. Like, I don't even know. And you're literally wearing yellow sweats and you're excited to be here. I'm like, this is messed up. I'm like, she's totally brainwashed. And I'm just mm. watching her and she's just like, I'm going to be your sponsor and I'm going to show you. And all this, like just this false, like programmed version of happiness. I'm like, this is, this girl is not happy, but her, she, she believes she's happy. Um, and she's showing me around and she's like, you can't talk here. You can only share a few words here. The place was filthy and nasty and disgusting, but everything was done on repetitive patterns. So you would wake up, you walk around in circles, and and then you would repeat the same things over and over again. And I don't even, which is, which is what I'm grateful for. They all erased that out of my, out of my, um, whatever that was we were walking around in circles with and sharing. I remember a few things, but my guides erased most of it in my mind, um, which I'm grateful for. Um, Mm. but I do remember the actual experience of walking around and saying the same things over again. And, um, and then we like would play a little bit of games outside for like 30 minutes, but everything was done in circles, like walking around in circles. We all had to hold hands in circles, um, Mm. until we were getting in line for like food, we would walk in like a line, um, to go to the cafeteria. And I remember walking by and seeing this like storage building in the middle of the, of the field. And I'm like, what is that doing there? Like what's inside there? And I'm literally hearing someone beating on it. I'm like, Oh mm. shit. What is that? And, um, and they're like, that's a girl in there. She's misbehaved. Just to let you know, the first time you misbehave, you get a warning. The second time you're in there and the third time you're, sh- you're shipped off to a place where there's no rules, Guatemala Bay, Guantanamo Bay, someplace like that. And I'm like, Oh, 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 okay. Um, so there's an actual person in there and they're like, yeah, she has to be in there for 72 hours. No food, no water. I'm like, we're in sweats and I'm sweating right now. And she's in a store. She's going to die is what I'm thinking. I'm like, she, she how is she going to survive with no food, no water? It's hot. It's humid here. 
you know, we're in, we're in the South and it's, it, the sun's coming down. I'm like, this is not, this is not good. And she's trying to like kick her way. I mean, there's dents all on the outside of it where you could see where people were kicking in from the inside. And, um, I was like, okay, I'm just going to listen and just observe. And then, <clears throat> then they said if we were to run away, there'd be this person who would shoot us. So it's a lot of just instilling fear. And mm-hmm. there was also a lot of worshiping. So getting down and, and, and saying these prayers and bowing, um, uh, every time we would start off our lessons. And then we'd have like a few little things of like, uh, what would appear to be like math and that, but it was all programmed. So like this, like math, even the symbols of like doing math and then what we were learning, it was all about programming the mind, like the numbers and all that, getting our mind in a space to where we could be programmed. And then we would have so-called movie night, but I didn't get it, get a chance to make it to movie night. I was out of there within a week and a half or so, which is, which is, I'm grateful for that. Um, but so I was just in there long enough to observe what was happening. And I remember waking up to a, to a girl around 14, 15, literally with blood all over the floor because they were beating her so bad with this paddle, wooden paddle and just literally hitting her upside the head everywhere. And she was like, I will not submit to you. And I thought she was dead, but she was still alive. Um, and then they, they just, they just drug her out. And I was like, Oh my God, I cannot believe I just saw that. And my guys, like you saw that for a reason, calling her guides and angels, surround her with the light, surround her with love, start reprogramming her body to heal herself. And I'm like, okay. So I'm working on this, this young girl's body as I'm sitting here on top of my bunk and just observing Mm. everything. And my mom tried to call. She tried to send me packages. They withheld that from me. Um, and then I remember they tried to tell me that I was going to be shipped off to that, uh, the bad school where there was no rules. Like there was rules in America for child abuse, but down there there's not rules. And, um, and instead I, my mom was waiting there to pick me up and I said, why did you put me there? And she was like, oh my God, this was a big mistake. I cannot believe that ever put you there. And, um, she said, this is not what I thought it was. I said, what is it? She's like, we're not going to talk about it. And that's all she said. We're not going to talk about it. And until we decided that she didn't want any other kids to go through this because she also picked up another child there and, and took her, which I don't know how the heck she could even do that because without it, I mean, I don't know, but she did. Another girl went with me and, um, and we dropped her, we met her parents and we dropped her off. And my mom said, we're going to do everything we can to try and shut down this place. I'm like, who is my mom? Like something clicked within her. Like my guys were working through her or something. This was the only time that I felt like my mom could have changed, that she had an opportunity to change. And, um, mm-hmm. and she printed out all these things and she said, I know where they're going to be meeting, where the, where the parents meeting is. And I was like, well, what, what is the parents mean? I didn't know that you guys had stuff. She said, yeah, they would, they made us stay up for over 48 hours. This is all, this is brain mm-hmm. brainwashing. And she said they work through sleep deprivation where you don't get any sleep and then you have to go through these assignments and then you go to this workshop where they keep you up all throughout the night. And that's where we went there and I saw some pretty messed up stuff. We get there and all the parents are walking like zombies just in a line, just straight there. And they were just like iced over. I could not even we could not even get through to them. We were handing them um, the flyers. They were just picking them up and just continue on walking like they were just programmed to go straight in that door. And, um, and I remember poking in my head and, and that's when I saw the, like, this was, this was a cult. This wasn't, this wasn't like, uh, we're going to brainwash you into giving money because we're trying to suck your pockets dry. 
this was a lot darker things that was happening, um, like sorcery, like giving power away to something in the center where they were literally projecting their thoughts. It was like where they were harnessing power from the parents and, um, and the kids. Mm. And parents were unknowingly trying to send their daughters to boarding school. Yes, I think a lot of them didn't know, but I think a lot of them probably did know uh, because Ugh. it felt like the people that were there, whenever I asked, like a lot of the people, they weren't like, I don't want to say some of them were kind of normal kids from normal backgrounds, but a lot of them, their parents were in politics or, uh-huh. or had connections to that. Uh, we weren't really allowed to talk about our parents at all, but um, just from overhearing a, f- a few comments here and there, I was just observing and picking up on what my guys were telling me, um, and that yeah, so I was able to observe that. But I was I got out quick, so I wasn't in there too long. But just mm. to know that literally those things are still existing now, and and people can get on and 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 look at those types of schools. I don't know. Exactly what that one, um, I think it was like Carolina Springs Academy, but, uh, I definitely put on like wall survivors. I think it's like dot com or something. My story's up there. We got our reporter to report my story and put it on there of, uh, to try and advise parents not to bring their kids to that because this is serious. And, um, but we can only do so much. So put the, put the light out there and, and hope, and hopefully, um, those types of schools, you know, will no longer be in existence very soon. Hopefully that is part that is crumbling very, very fast. Well, you have really, we're going to get to that coma story too and the healing information that you were downloaded with or that you were given, that you were shown. Isn't this fascinating because you are really helping us paint a picture of the whole purpose of our soul evolution, and that is to return back to this light and not be distracted. And so we can see where there is this uh, battle of light and dark. And so you are really going into the trenches. You've even seen some of these dark spots. We could go on, and I know we're going to have another show with you, even to take some some callers and some questions from our audience what do you think of the Cosmic Disclosure show with Corey Good? He actually was in the room. He was in a part of the lower secret space program where they were uh, intercepting various ETs, and that's what you saw. Yes, interesting. So this is where the universe guides me to speak my truth. And I mm-hmm. advise people. I know there are a lot, every, every person that's coming out with this disclosure, um, and, 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 and sharing, you know, their truth. I am, mm-hmm. I am, I'm grateful for anyone who is taking that leap of faith to, to put themselves out there. But, um, this is where I am a, a, I'm a protector of light and, um, mm-hmm. and I have to share my truth with this. So maybe, Please do. maybe people will get offended by this, but that's okay. I just advise people to tune into their heart. And this is a personal experience that I had. And, um, <clears throat> I have, I have, haven't met, um, Corey Good or, or any, anything like that. I haven't even watched any of his shows. Um, my, my guides have kept me away from, from him. 
Um, oh, interesting. Yes, and I have to be honest, and I'm always truthful. And this is where it's like I put myself in this position of being uh, speaking my truth. And I know a lot of people do get value. And like I said, that I'm all about you know someone sharing their story and their truth, and and I'm not discrediting anything. Um, all I can share is what I've experienced. And um, I just want to advise people um, when when people are coming out and sharing these stories to always tune into your own truth, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to and to tune into that and to see what resonates with you. Because um, that spirit of spirit wants me to share this and uh, they're saying that people need to hear this. So. I will share it. Um, there was a, a, a night whenever I was, um, really purging out a lot of, I have, uh, a few beings that were in my life that were very trying to control me, trying to literally take power from me, uh, so that I could not step into this next version of myself to really empower the world in a way. And they were really wanting to dim my light. And that night I actually, um, so I felt these beings come in because I, I, I had a little bit of a spiritual flu. They, they tested me and, uh, I, I came back negative. They didn't know what was going on with my body. I passed out four times unconscious. I actually passed out in CVS getting my prescription to help my body and went unconscious in CVS and had to be hauled off in an ambulance. And this happened mm. earlier, uh, in March. The spirit was like, don't worry. You're stepping into your power and all the forces are going to do everything they can. <laughs> To try and stop you from merging with who you really are and merging with my twin flame, which I now have in my life right now. And, um, and so, uh, it was really interesting experience that night whenever I was a little bit more vulnerable. I was kept going in and out of consciousness. Um, I was actually, uh, I just have to say it. I was, uh, physically attacked by those blue avian beings that Corey Good is associated with. And, um, and at some of them, maybe not all of them, I can't say all of them, uh, but some of them have been infiltrated by the darkness. And they tried to attack me and they branded me with a triangle that Regina actually is my next door neighbor, by the way. That's, I forgot to share that part of my story. Um, I called her and I was like, you need to see this. And she took a picture of it and they branded me with this, uh, with this uh, red triangle on my back. And it was big. It was like the size of my palm. Wow. And uh, I woke up with that and I woke up physically ill and they tried to come in and attack me. And, and they, they said that, uh, he doesn't know what's being, uh, what's being, what's coming through him, but that, that they have infiltrated the blue avian beans and that, um, and that they, uh, that they can do what they want to do. And they try to tell me all these things and they tried to attack me. And I was like, and I looked at them in their eyes. I said, well, I see you now and I will tell the world about you and I will not allow the world to believe your lies. I said, there may be some part of you that's still holding good, like part of that race. But I know that some of them have been entities are coming through that race. Uh, I want to say possession, but I looked into its eyes and they were red. And um, and I just I straight up told them I was like, um, you know, you will not get away with this. I will I will share the world. Um, with what's happening. And that's when it broke free. Whenever I stepped into my power, it was like, like, um, it paralyzed me and was hovering over me. And then when I looked at it in his eyes and his eyes turned from like that golden yellow color to red, 
it was like mm. it was inflamed with 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 anger because I said I will tell the world about you because now I know who you are. You've really messed up now. You thought you were going to try and get to me, but now I see who you really are, and now I see what's going on, and I will not be afraid to share. And so whenever we start listening to these stories, like I said, just always go into and, and, and keep yourself shielded with protection because there are going to be um, opportunities for, I don't want to say infiltration, but opportunities for some things to seep out. And this isn't anything that we need to be afraid of. It's like whenever you go to harvest honey from bees, you, you go in with the suit. You know, you don't just... <laughs> go in there and harvest the honey. So like, this is kind of like what I want to tell people is just, you know, there's, I, I believe that everything is essentially happening for the greater good. So I'm not discrediting anything. I'm not saying that, um, what someone else is doing and their story is false or that their journey is baloney. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that everything has reason. Everything has divine purpose. And I just advise people to not get caught up in trying to find the answers outside of themselves through other people. If you want the mm -hmm. answer, you tune in and you make the connection yourself. I even advise that with people with me. My ultimate opportunity for anyone who's listening to me right now, I feel so blessed that hopefully you found value in me sharing my story. But the ultimate value that I want you to receive is that you are the valuable gem. You are the diamond in the rough. And until you tune into who you truly are, you're always going to be looking for answers outside of yourself, for approval, for validation, for whatever it is. But whenever you tune into who you really are, you will know the answers that you're seeking. They're already there. You are the answer. You are the gateway. You have the key inside of yourself to unlock anything that you wish. And that's what I advise people to really remember is if you're wanting answers or disclosure or you're wanting anything, the disclosure first happens within, happens with you connecting to source, you connecting to spirit and spirit will give you everything you need. And then whenever you bridge and anchor in that connection, you being the light bridge between the heavenly realms and the earthly realms, you will begin to experience um, experiences that reflect the connection like I had with the crystal and cathedral. You'll begin to experience things that are otherworldly because that, that's the true nature of Mama Gaia, where, where you can have those spontaneous healing experiences, where you will have that connection, where you will know the answers. And it would just be a benefit. It would just be a blessing to receive, to hear someone else's story and, and to, and to get inspired by their story. But you won't be seeking answers in their story. And I think that that's one of the biggest things that I would love to share with people with, with anything regarding, regarding that. Your, your intuition is the most valuable thing you can have in this time right now is your connection. Mm -hmm. And that is why I think it is like my ultimate blessing that I could ever even be a part of participating in because not only do I feel so honored to be able to work with clients to help them clear things, but to give them the ability to connect to spirit, to feel the ultimate connection and then go and live an empowered life because they're connected to spirit. That is like, I want to see people shine. I'm not jealous, intimidated, envious, nothing. I want to see you in your power. I want to see you shining so much so that you are just illuminated with every part of your being. And, and so that's like with me, when you find people, whenever you start being in your power and you start seeing people who are intimidated by that or who are jealous of that, just, just be, just notice that. So I just choose to listen to my own intuition. But like I said, uh, if you have found value, anyone who's listening or if people have found value in watching their shows, that's beautiful. That's great. Don't, I'm not saying that what you've received is wrong or that, or that you're wrong for, for, for thinking that that's the right thing. That's not, that's not it. 
I'm just saying that mm-hmm. there is value within every experience, within every learning, and that we can take away bits of, bits and pieces of what we're supposed to have. Spirit guides us to things for a reason. So um, I've just learned mm-hmm. to just trust that. And like I said, you know, that's what I was told with my experience, and that's what I experienced. And I can only go in my life um, by what I feel is truthful for me, whether that's my own experience or what I or, or find truth in someone else's experience. There's been others uh, on the Ascension Path that say they laugh when we talk about the Secret Space Program. While for some of us, it's making us aware that this sort of thing is going on. Exactly. But ultimately, ultimately, here we are, is learning to trust in ourself, learning to do what you did to find that Jesus within you, to be that Jesus, to be that connected one, bridging heaven and earth. So... So we are going to have a master class with you in an online healing retreat, Taylor. I'm so pleased to do this because you have got so much information to present to the world on how we protect ourselves, how we take back our power, how we connect to source, stand in our truth, despite all of the odds of you going into such dark areas. And you've even called this magic of miracles. So talk a little bit now about that time in the coma, because that was a rough, dark time, but yet it's where the greatest gift in your life came forward. This ability for, wow, cellular rejuvenation, this healing method. Absolutely. I mean, first off, to say one quote that I absolutely love, and it's not a fancy quote. In fact, it's one from my granny, old Southern lady, wise Southern lady, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she says, nothing is never so bad that something good don't come from it. And that quote stuck with me. And it still sticks with me. And to know that no matter what challenge or struggle or strife or or hard time that you are going through, if you can detach from the emotional entanglement that you are in with that part of your story and say, oh, my gosh, I've brought this experience to me for a reason then you're able to tune into the space of receptivity where you can receive the reason for that. And once you grasp a hold of the higher perspective, then you see things so much clearer. Everything makes sense. What you're going through makes sense. You know that, okay, I can work through this. I can go through this. Um, because I, when I come out on the other side, oh my gosh, am I going to be amazing? It's like upgrading your wardrobe from like drab to fab, right? I mean, I'm serious. It's like where you have, where you're just, every part of you is just so blessed by the experience of going through the transformation. It's like when we see the seed, to the outside world, it looks like complete destruction. But from a tiny seed, a giant redwood can grow. But at first, it has to fall from its mother tree and go within this dark, cold, and damp place and be constricted and confined under so much pressure until it cracks, until it breaks, until it's had and reached its point where it completely cracks open and grows towards the light and has and has the ability to grow towards its highest potential. So that's what I, my, the metaphor of that and the symbology of nature is so beautiful because when you're in those dark, confining and constricting times, that's where the birth of your brilliance is being born. That's where who you truly are is about to emerge. 
And you have to really use that time as like the caterpillar, right? That gestation period of fine tuning, of looking within, of really realizing that this is the moment. This is that moment where you are going to reach the highest levels of who you are. And in that coma, I remember like you have to first find that bottom in order to really see and appreciate the top. And when I hit that low point and I remember um, deciding that this is what I want to do, it was all divinely orchestrated. I'm not saying that this is something that people need to do by any means. No, if you're ever in a position to where you are feeling like you cannot go on and live your life, please, please, please reach out to someone, you know, who will actually understand you. And that's why I feel like why I'm in the future. Spirit has guided me to create, which a lot of what my, my proceeds from my workshops, the magic of miracle and the book that I'm writing, which is what my workshops um, come from, which is the magic of miracles. A lot of my proceeds from both of those, my book and my workshop are going to go to a nonprofit called rainbow rising therapeutic center to help young teens who have had suicidal thoughts or attempts to become empowered in who they are and to transform their pain into their purpose. And so if anyone who is struggling out there, seek someone, seek a mentor, seek someone who will understand you. If it's not the counselor you have, seek someone else. I promise you there is someone who has turned the same struggles you are facing right now into their strengths. And for you to look into their eyes and to find that human connection and to find that emotional um, experience with that person who has overcome the struggles that you are facing right now, you will too turn them into your strengths. It's, an, it's inevitable because it's in, in that human connection that you'll remember who you are and what you're capable of doing. And so in that experience in my coma, I remember going out of my body and, um, and meeting with my guides and my angels and, and, um, and them telling me, and this is all in my book, and this is all in my workshops too. The exact words that they told me, we would we'd be here way too long. Um, but pretty much to sum it up in a nutshell, is this was all divinely orchestrated so you can remember who you are. You got too caught up in the story, in the emotional entanglement of your experience of life, and we needed you to come back here. And this is all part of how you will go on and help others because of what your body will go through. You will help teach others how to heal, how to have the same miraculous experiences that you have um, in any areas of their life that they choose. It's they have to consciously choose it. And I looked down at my body and I remember thinking, uh, how am I going to get back into that thing? <laughs> it's like no way. And then I saw which was the most beautiful feeling. And this is what I want to advise people on is the power of prayer. Truly, truly, the power of healing intentions is, I mean, I literally saw rainbow rays of light entering my body and I could literally see people's words turning into the rays of light as it entered my body, healing and restoring and keeping my body um, uh, in a place of receptivity so that I could go in and actually do the healing work. It was sustaining my body, the healing prayers and the healing intentions that were coming into me. My body literally was sustaining and beginning to heal and repair itself through the power of prayer, through people sending me prayer and healing intentions. So I promise you, if you have a loved one and you think that, oh, you're just sending out words, you're not. You are healing their body. And I am walking living proof, not only that miracles exist, but that prayer works, that the power of healing intentions works. And I felt it. I saw it coming into my body. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, that's a miracle in itself to be able to see and witness that. 
And then we also, I talk about it in my book as well. We have this kind of idea of like miracles have to be this grand thing, but miracles can just be just the moment that you remember who you are. That's a miraculous moment because as soon as you remember that, then you, then you're capable of, of achieving anything you desire. Um, so we have this kind of agenda around that word. So I kind of go into that very heavily in, in my book and workshops, but so I'm seeing this, this, these rays of light coming into my body and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, this is the most incredible feeling, but I'm also seeing my body having a hard time repairing itself and because it didn't believe all the conditioning, all also the ancestral karma and DNA that's in my body. So my mom's scarcity and poverty consciousness is in my body's DNA. So it was still stuck in those places of lack, of not being enough, not having enough to heal itself. And I was just seeing all these old programmings repay, uh, re replaying itself over and over again on repeat. Uh, and it was keeping my body from healing itself, from doing what it's divinely designed to do. So I went into the, that program of my DNA and actually saw it as light codes. And actually, when people work one-on-one -on -one with me in my workshops, I actually write down these light codes for them to place underneath their bed or meditate with that reprogram the cells in their body. So um, I, I saw these light codes that were coming in and um, and I, I was literally going into the cellular tissue and seeing my, my physical body as just a certain uh, frequency of, of, of vibration. So because we get too caught up in the physical reality of it being just dense, physical things, physical matter, but it's actually vibration. And when you know that, and I teach people also in my workshops to bend spoons with their mind and, and with their hands, that this is totally capable. I, I demonstrate it um, for people whenever you become one with all energy all energy forms you can in a in a beautiful way not manipulate but you can become one to where you can move and bend and flow with the energy so i was seeing my body that physical body as vibration and that all i had to do was go into the dense levels of vibration and attune it to a higher frequency and so that's what I did. I went in with sound, with the light codes, which was vibrating a certain um, uh, resonance of, of, of vibration into my body. And I was going in there and I was reprogramming my whole system. And they were downloading um, me exactly how to do this and directing me um, with, the, with the downloads of where to move it in my body, of how to go in and heal it, how to rip out the ancestral karma. Because that is one thing that we forget about. We think it's, we, in, we inherited this body for a reason because we've chose it for our own karmic lessons and soul lessons. But sometimes we also have to remember that this physical body also is toting around the story of our ancestors. And we can choose to not resonate with that story and transcend that story. So going in and reprogramming that and rehealing that and, and, and seeing, um, how to truly do that was, it was really remarkable. And that, and the potential, this was the miracle in itself, the potential of our bodies, the potential of it's how it's divinely designed to heal. And this is what it, what it's meant to, what it's meant to do. And literally my body transformed itself within, within, um, 24 hours. Boom. The doctors came in, looked at myself, told, told, looked over everything, told my family, yes, confirming that they need a plan for uh, arrangements to either take me off life support and plan for funeral arrangements or to, or to keep me on life support and I'll just be a vegetable for the rest of my life or, or that's just my only options to completely fully functioning waking up. My liver regrew itself overnight. The water off both of my, 
hemispheres of my brain completely dissolved. And it was as if literally someone cut us on switch on a light switch on and my body was just functioning again. And I think the universe was like, we need to give her a profound healing experience so that when people are in her presence, they can remember. It's like an attunement, just being in the frequency of, of someone that has gone through something like that or someone who has emotionally healed themselves from a traumatic experience. When you're around a certain human or a certain individual that has healed themselves to such that level, where, like I said, it could be an emotional journey, not necessarily a physical miraculous experience that I had, but an emotional where someone never could have possibly forgiven someone, but I found peace in the midst of all that pain, found their purpose in the pain, like I share. You feel a sense of empowerment. You feel it's contagious in a good way, and and it empowers you. So I think the universe gave me this as my story so that I can help awaken other people's stories, and so that through... Through, through the experience of what I shared, other people can remember what they're truly capable of experiencing. And that was the ultimate blessing is, is being able to receive that and, and know. And, and literally within three weeks, I went through rehab. I remember looking at myself in the mirror and the first time standing up and actually looking at my legs before that happened and knowing if I don't get up right now, I will never walk again. My body will never know what to do with itself. The, the brain and body connection. So I was like, okay. I need to get up now. And they're like, are you, you still have a tube down your nose and into your stomach. And I just ripped it out. I was like, I'm, I'm doing it. I just pulled it straight out. And they're like, oh my gosh, you weren't supposed to do that. I was like, no, I'm getting up. I'm getting up today and I'm going to take a step. No matter if you say I'm ready or not, I know I'm ready. And, um, and it wasn't like I was being stubborn. I didn't want to follow the doctor's orders. My body told me I'm ready to do this. And, um, so I took that first step. And, um, and what that felt like. And I remember looking at myself, the reflection in the mirror, um, and, and rehab center and, and looking and being like, people were calling me Taylor. I'm like, that's not my name. That's not who I really am, but we can go by Taylor in this lifetime. Sure. But, uh, looking and seeing just bands of angels and just wings all around me and just knowing that like still trying to come back to the physical dimension and, um, and talking with people and sharing with people. And, uh, and it took me about three weeks to, for the doctor to say, you're, you're completely ready to go. My body didn't need to, uh, receive food from, from, from anything other than me eating. And I was eating and drinking good. And, and the doctor gave me a clean bill of health after three weeks of rehab. And, and, and that was, I think my story, like I said, like, it, it is one where I still to this day and I actually just celebrated my 10th anniversary of my coma last month. So being grateful of that connection. And this is something that I want to share with people in that experience. Not only, you know, do I feel blessed enough to have this second chance, why I feel like any chance that I or opportunity that I get to share, I seize that opportunity because I, I feel this inner calling where it's not an obligation, but where it's an ultimate desire because it's, it's a part of my purpose from having this, this second chance with this beautiful experience of life. Don't waste it. Don't waste your life. If you are not happy where you're at, only you have the opportunity to change that. And this isn't a bumper sticker that you're reading. This is ultimately someone telling me where I have been, where I could have died. I could have completely disregarded this beautiful experience of life and do not waste any moment of your life. And, and being unhappy, being in a job that makes you miserable. You have the power within you right now to get up and walk away. 
and to walk towards a life that is the most fulfilling, the most rewarding, filled with so much love. And like with my story around relationships, I am, uh, I'll be 26 in June. So I'm, I'm still a, a young, a young body, but I'm an ancient, ancient soul with much wisdom. And I've already been married twice, funny enough. So, and both of my past partners and my relationships taught me the ultimate lesson of how to really love myself. Let's just say that. And so I've gone through where I have had, you know, really been able to see what, what, what a partner really isn't. And to be able to, to have my ultimate partner at such a young age to help me fulfill my, my purpose and to share my message. I literally am the walking uh, version of not only miracles, but of the fairy tale where I have literally come from not rags to riches, but I've come from a place where I felt totally in despair and, and depressed to complete full fulfillment of happiness, joy and satisfaction in life. And it isn't because of my outside circumstances. Um, my outside circumstances reflect my inner connection, my inner ability to be able to find that peace within all that pain and to turn it into my purpose. And so I advise anyone if you are unhappy, if there's a part of your life that you know your soul has already called you to change, listen to that call. Do not be afraid to take those action steps to better your life because only you can do it. Only you can create the miracles in your life. Because I also talk about how there are divine interventions like what I what I experienced to have those kind of one level of miracles, um, which are divinely intervening. But then you also have a conscious collaboration between yourself and spirit where you can create miracles in your life, but you have to choose that path for yourself. So I just ask you, anyone who's listening, are you ready? Are you truly ready to step into a life beyond your wildest of dreams, to live a life that is so connected, so inspired, so uplifting, so in love. I'm not saying that you won't be challenged. My partner, my, my, my love of my life challenges me every day, but in the most supportive, loving way where I'm being caressed and held in his arms and sharing like, baby, I see you. This is who you truly are. Step into this. The world is waiting for you to step into the, into your power. And it's so supporting. So if that's what you're truly wanting, you can have it. You just have to give yourself permission to, to choose it. So inspirational, again, just hearing you speak and how you've overcome such dark episodes and really to find your true powers, stepping into your power. As you said, the world is waiting for all of us to do this. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much, Taylor. This has been a wonderful conversation. Again, we'll have you back for more. The Online Healing Retreat Masterclass, we are making this your special offer. That's three sessions, but it really is what you teach in your workshops. So together we'll have six hours, three days in a row, two hours each, and we'll go deeper into this information and knowledge that you downloaded absolutely i cannot wait to take that journey with you and to take the journey with everyone who wants to show up and to have this blessed opportunity to unconditionally support the viewers the listeners and the participants that way like what a gift it is what a gift to 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 be here and to experience this connection with everyone beautiful what a gift well taylor thank you so much and uh, again, this has been exquisite. I wanted to share um, one thing. Whoever is listening, I just want to say thank you. Thank you to you 
because we all play a beautiful role in this. Thank you to the ones before me who have paved the way. Thank you for choosing every day when you wake up to live a, a life of self-development, self-empowerment, of choosing to recognize um, where you where you need your learning and, and, and to accept that and move forward with that. Uh, that's my ultimate gift is I choose to just honor uh, people's journey and path. And I'm just grateful for everyone because we all play an equal role here. And I am who I am because of everyone here. And so just giving my thanks and gratitude for everybody. So beautiful. Taylor Alexandra, thank you so much for being here and for shining your bright light, being that seed of light in the darkest of areas on our beloved Mama Gaia. Thank you and namaste. Namaste. And now it's time to dance our way to the cosmic heart. Enjoy. just too good to be true can't take my eyes off of you you'll be like heaven to touch I wanna hold you so much long last love has arrived and I thank God I'm alive you're just too good to be true can't take my eyes off of you Pardon the way that I stare There's nothing else to compare The sight of you leaves me weak There are no words left to speak But if you feel like I feel Let me know that it's real you're just too good to be true Can't take my eyes off of you I need you, baby And if it's quite alright I need you, baby To all the lonely night I love you, baby Trust in me when I Just too good to be true I can't take my eyes off of you You'll be like heaven to touch I wanna hold you so much Long last love has arrived And I thank God I'm alive You're just too good to be true can't take my eyes off of you I need you, baby And if it's quite alright I need you, baby To warm the lonely night I love you, baby Trust in me when I say Oh, pretty 
it's quite alright. I need you, baby, to warm the lonely night. I love you, baby. Trust in me when I say.
watch them fall They stand in the way of love and we will smoke them all With an intellect and a savoir-faire No one in the whole universe will ever compare I am yours now and you are mine and too Together we love through all space and time So don't cry One day all seven will die Then I saw an angel come down under me In her hand she holds the very key Words of compassion, words of peace And in the distance, an army's marching feet But behold, we will watch them fall We lay down on the sand of a sea Before us animosity will stand and decree And we speak not of love, only blasphemy In the distance, six others
You are mine and together we'll love through all space and time, so don't cry. One day all seven will die. Thank you for listening and thank you for dancing with us in our collective intentions as they go across the universe to the cosmic heart. I'd like to thank my wonderful team at AcousticHealth.com, Heidi, Tony, Tom, Pam, Suzanne, and Garner, who assist with the production of Quantum Conversations, online healing retreats, and more. And thank you, too, for listening. If you've enjoyed this program, please share it with your friends and loved ones. And we thank you for shining your magnificent light and adding it to the world. This is when we love ourselves like no one else can. We leave you now with music from the universe. Music literally created by the universe as musical notes were assigned to mathematical equations. The result is this beautiful music available at AcousticHealth.com. Namaste. Thank you.